0: Hi, I'm Greg Vazia.
1: And I'm Luke Phillips.
0: And this is the semi Crazy Podcast. The podcast by truckers for truckers.
1: That's another cool thing that's come around in the industry. Not really my forte, but definitely watched a lot of them.
0: Oh yeah, the rolling CB? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like the song, the intro song. Yeah, on it too. Yeah, it's Last good. of the Cowboys, that's like on my playlist.
1: Yep. <laughs> I wish it would come on iTunes. It's not on iTunes yet. Oh no. No, uh, no last of the Cowboys. Is, sorry, it's that Brothers of the Highway.
0: Oh yeah. That's not on there yet. Is it on, it's on Spotify though, right? Yeah, I'm
1: not a Spotify guy.
0: Oh yeah, God. Yeah. That's uh, one way. Another way we differ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm
1: Apple Music, and then I just use YouTube.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Lots of YouTube. Uh, well, I'm a Samsung guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're no, you're no, either yeah. one or the other, right?
1: right? Yeah. There's no in between.
0: Mm-hmm. Western star guy, Peterbilt guy. And yeah,
1: new truck, old truck. it's Many t- many differences. Well, there's something we could jump into. How you like your new truck?
0: Oh, I absolutely love it. I haven't had anything to do with it other than the ABS light. Yeah. Which, I mean, plagues every single truck after. After yes. 2000, after ABS came in, your ABS light is going to come on or go out. Or, yep. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, so, I mean, that's... But, yeah, no, other not. And when I first got it, the batteries were toast, but that was because they'd left the battery switch on and the truck had sat on the lot for six months. Oh, okay. So the truck would get fired up every so often, but they'd boost it to fire it up, and mm. they wouldn't run it long enough to charge the batteries yeah, up. Yeah, so. wouldn't
1: actually take it out for a drive.
0: Yeah, then it got really cold, and they were down. Yeah, froze. And, yeah, Done. and so then when I got the truck, the the back batteries were bad. The front ones were actually good. That's weird. Yeah, so the ones that were in control of the sleeper were no good. So, anyways, I made one trip, figured out what's wrong with it. Thankfully, there's one thing on there that is like a godsend. I'd never order a new truck without it. It's a battery cutout.
1: Oh, yeah, like a master switch.
0: Well, no, it's an automatic. So oh. it's voltage sensing. So when your batteries that are that do your hotel load, like your hotel load is everything that's other than to run the truck, right? Yeah. So when you're sitting still, your hotel load is like your your lights, your microwave or whatever, right? So those batteries as soon as you get down to 11 volts, it cuts power to everything except starting yeah, the truck yeah, on the front end. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll always have enough voltage to start the truck.
1: Well, that is that is definitely a good idea. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's one other thing I would I would probably look at if I was doing used truck and like Maxwell does, it's like a it's a capacitor basically, okay. but it does the same kind of thing. So it gives you just starting, it's just one battery, it replaces one of your four and it's just starting. Hmm. And so you can run all of your other batteries dead and that thing will still have 50 cycles in it wow. to start your truck. And so it charges first and because it's a capacitor, it holds the power differently than, than everything else. battery. Yeah. yeah, it's like, it's a thousand bucks, but yeah, well, you're never left on the side of the road.
1: Exactly, how, you know, last Christmas or the, no, the Christmas before, sorry, we were down in North Dakota, it was my own fault 100%, but uh, didn't check the weather, shut the truck off, went to the hotel, came back in the morning and went from plus five to minus 20, right, and there we were all day trying to get this old cat that's just frozen. And I went to the local hardware store and bought a generator so I could plug a block heater in, oh, shit. right? So, you know, a $1,000 on a capacitor, really, yeah. looking back, isn't a big deal. Don't know if it totally would've helped me there, but at least would've made me feel like a little less of an idiot. <laughs>
0: Well that's one one thing the new like the new engines do crank over easier too. Like that Detroit, I forgot to turn my heater on, like my engine heater. Yep. Same thing minus 20 and it turns over. Really? It, it it'll pop a little bit and yeah, not happy about it, but yeah, but it does. It turns over and starts. Like I it has not left me other than the battery issue. Yeah. It's never given me any problems. So
1: yeah, and like mine's an old cat, so and yeah. we all know how they get when they're <laughs> cold, right? I keep mine plugged in; it's been faithful to me so far. Knock on wood. Yeah, I got a different opinion on batteries, and so like I bought the truck off a buddy of mine. Yeah, and we share the opinion that uh, like run cheap batteries, to go to the, the international dealer every fall, and they're eighty bucks battery. Just put four new ones in, and it's cheap insurance, right? Yeah, and it helps to have four half decent batteries kicking around that you throw half a charge in or whatever, right? A little boost back.
0: Yeah. Sitting on the shop. Oh yeah. No, well, that's there's nothing wrong with that idea. I always think of everything like there needs there's a middle ground, right? Yeah. Somewhere in there is like something
1: good that's not super expensive. Yeah,
0: exactly. Diamond does have a cheap battery special on. Mac will have it from time to time at Northrucks you know, they used to have like they were eighty five or ninety bucks yeah. core. Yeah. And I, the same type of deal. Yeah. Everybody kinda has that battery like the I think you still need to have a minimum of, like, 850 CCA. Oh, yeah.
1: I think the ones that I've got in there right now are 1120 CCA.
0: Oh, so that is that is a really good deal then. Yeah. Because I've seen some where they have this special. Yeah, and it's like a car battery. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah 700 CCA. Like, what's that going kind to of turn over? Yeah, right?
1: I'm going to carry this other pack of four around <laughs> to boost the four that are in my truck.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, and you've been happy with your old truck, though, right?
1: Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's always that right yeah there's always that i mean like i said i bought it off a really good buddy of mine and he's a really good guy um but it's trucking and it's trucks right so we did a lot of stuff to this truck right before i even signed the papers on it but push comes to shove uh it hauled cattle he was doing 1700k a week kind of cattle hauling right yeah for, for four years and then it got parked for two years sorry and then it got parked in the corner of the yard for a year and not touched until him and I were talking and he offered to sell it to me. So we did a lot, like took the head off and checked the liner protrusions and, and replaced the head gasket, did a bunch of preventative stuff, right? But push comes to shove, you, there's stuff you can't tell, right? So I, we went out on our first trip and uh, eight over piled up on me, like right out of the gate. Bob tailed out to scatch, Southern Saskatchewan, grabbed my trailers, drove 5K with empty trailers, loaded. And I was getting out onto the one at Chaplin. You know, this is great. First first run of my new truck, grab the big gear, da So that was that. So I uh, rebuilt Transmission, found a good shop in Edmonton here. A um, couple old, go- old guys, unfortunately, I think they're going to sell soon. So, oh. yeah, going to have to find another one of those. So rebuilt Transmission, and then I had a exhaust rocker snap on me there a couple weeks ago, coming down the carbon coulee. On the jakes, and this is my luck in old trucks, right? And anybody that's thinking about buying an old truck needs to be prepared for this exact thing. But uh, I was coming down on my jakes, and it was a great day, and then it just it snapped a rocker. And uh, at exactly the same time, the main power broke off my starter. So once I got wowed up, pulled over, I'm like, okay, let's see what's going on. And I turn the key, and there's not even power to the key. So look down and get that figured out. Thankfully. Um, with all this Instagram stuff, I got, I had a guy that was really close, good buddy of mine, came and brought me parts and helped me out and then got the starter fixed because I figured it cut power to the ECM, right? At yeah. the time, that was my thinking. And fired the truck up and it was popping and knocking, so I pulled valve covers off and yeah, there was a rocker arm sitting there. So uh, he pulled me through the carbon coolie with his pickup, loaded Super B from a dead <laughs> stop. I never thought he was gonna do it. but And then uh, he hauled me to a shop in Strathmore and uh, I got fixed up. I was back on the road at 10 a.m. the next day.
0: Oh yeah, you were talking, I think, that yeah. day. Yeah,
1: so it, it really does pay to have friends in the industry, right? Like, Ryan was there in 45 minutes, and he hauled me to town for a totally reasonable price, right, and then Bandit Heavy Diesel there in Strathmore. I walked out of there, that whole breakdown cost, like, it was right around $1,000. Yeah. And I called Bandit at, it had to be 9.30 at night, and, you know, as anybody would be, we're in strange country, Now i got to put my livelihood into some strange shop that we all know the horror stories, right? Yeah. I called him, he came recommended, and I called him and he answered the phone at 9.30 at night and said, yep, drop it off the gate and I'll have you done first thing in the morning. He was totally truthful about it, and it was was a really good experience down there. I would definitely recommend anybody that's down there to use them. Yeah. Um, But while I was down there, I got him to do an injector cutout test, and it turned out I need six injectors. So it's one of those things, right? found another shop in Daysland. Super good group of guys, really reasonably priced. Dropped it off there Saturday morning, picked it up Monday morning, zero downtime. You know, so it is, it's a tough go with an old truck, but my payments, yeah. it's, it's hard to argue with that, right? Yeah. Granted, look, looking at the end of the day, when I was getting into this, the reason I went to a used truck was the hope that my payment was down so I could put money in the bank for a breakdown fund. I wasn't expecting 15 grand in the first month, right?
0: Yeah. That's the other thing about it that's different, right? Is if I've done that route. Yeah. And that's why I went new this time. I've done the same thing like and one thing I think we both agree on is that you can't get into this if you're if you're cash strapped to begin with. Yeah, but it's Because
1: seems you always end up being cash strapped <laughs> when you get into it, right?
0: Yeah, I mean it's going to be tough, but if you put all of your money into buying that truck. Say you go to buy the used truck and you and you put all of your money into it and you have nothing left over for this inevitable breakdown. Like you said, you wanted to have money put away for it, but yep. w- your story is kind of similar to my story. When I bought my first one, my yellow uh, star, and that was my first log truck, everything. I could have pretty well bought the truck, but I decided to finance it and then keep some money in reserve. So then I went, got my shop, got all these things together and I was hauling logs. So I was pretty happy. Got the truck and pole trailer, take off, go to the bush, first day out, gotta hook up the pole, I didn't fall down onto the pin till quite right so I put my arm around it and the, the man still has a hold of the molly and the next thing I know my foot's on one side of the trailer and my body's on the other side of the trailer and I'm on the ground. So the pole's laying on my leg, he pops it up so I broke both bones. I was lucky I already had a plate in there otherwise it probably would have been dust really. Oh. And yeah, haven't got a load to town. Have, yeah. I've done zero and I'm out of commission, right? And so, had I not had a little bit in reserve to pay because I had to hire a driver to put them on the truck, yeah. I still got payment. I haven't even got a load to town yet. Yeah, there was a lot of things there that if I, like, say, if I had spent everything up front or not, you know, I did all my homework and it still went sideways for yep. me, which can happen. Oh, and so, exactly. like, that's where you see these guys that'll, it's not just used trucks, like, they'll get a new truck. They'll, they go sign on with a carrier as a lease op, I'm, air quotes lease op, yeah. You know where your payment is this much a month and no down payment, no, 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 but you don't really have the financial wherewithal to get into a truck yet. You
1: you're, At that point in my mind, you're not doing it. You're driving a company truck that you got to pick. Because yeah. by the time you've paid the truck off to the company, now you always seem, with the companies that'll do that, they usually have an age policy. So by the time, all right, we're free from the company, I'm just going to be an owner operator. Oh, you got to buy a new truck because your trucks wore out, right? So I think that's what guys really
0: need to be careful of with that, you know? And in those lease deals, a lot of times, if you look at it, you don't technically own the truck. No. They have title to it. So at any time, if you decide like you or I go buy our own, like we both have our own truck, we're leased onto a carrier, but we have our own truck. My truck's in my name. Your truck's in your name. Yep. But we're leased onto the carrier. If, if I decide tomorrow I don't want to work for these guys anymore, I can go take my truck anywhere I want. Yeah, because it's your truck. Exactly. Yep. But with the zero down, never, never plan. that's ex- And that's exactly what it is. And it's been called that for years.
1: For a industry. reason. <laughs> yeah, it's the never, never plan. And I've ran into it lots in the industry that I've, you know, oh, you're this, that. And you just look at it and you're like, no, that's the never, never plan. I, I'm, you know, I'm on to you. I'm sorry. There's a sucker born every day. but. Not this one. Yeah. Right? And it's the biggest thing with that also is if you leave early, all that money that you paid into that truck, it's not like they're going to cut you a check and say, well, here, you know, we'll keep your truck. That's that's that. Yeah. You know? So it's it's really bad to say, but I, I there's an old saying that I've heard, that you can put two truck drivers and a hooker in, this, in a room and the truck drivers will still end up fucking each other. <laughs> <laughs> and it's... Luckily, it seems from my standpoint, like us smaller guys, that mentality is leaving, and we're all starting to stick together a little more. But there's still the big companies that are going to promise a guy the never never plan.
0: Yeah, and I think the biggest thing is to educate people as to what's out there that you don't need to go down that road. Yeah, you don't. No, you don't. I'll be honest. I, you know, you say that
1: you shouldn't be broke getting into it, but uh, my bank account's never been as low as the day I decided I was going to buy a truck, and I'm getting through this simply on wiener water soup and an oily rag. I'll be <laughs> perfectly honest with you, yeah. right? But I think that that's part of it. You know, you talk to any owner operator ever that's making something of themselves now, they started out with an old truck, broke down on them, you know, the first couple months, and they were broke as hell. Yeah. But it makes you appreciate everything you got.
0: Well, you know? and it's the struggle, right? And it's yeah. not just, it's in any industry, right? If you don't have that little bit of hardship, like, then, and that's where we're in different places. I did that. Yeah. And I went out and I had a business plan. I had everything put together, all this. My business plan was to keep that one truck for a year. And then I was gonna build up, right? I was gonna buy another one. I'm gonna have this and have well got the driver on there. That's working out pretty good. You know what? I should just go get another truck now. So I have a plan, and that plan just kinda went somewhere over to the side and then mm-hmm. and I still think that you need to help people and get them a plan. Like, here, this is a way you can go through it. Like there's a definite way to do it with a used truck and there's definitely a way to do it with a new truck yep but it's a matter of hey i plan on doing it this way and you don't like start seeing dollar signs the first time because that's what will happen guys will start making money and then they go well if i'm making this much with one truck man what would i do with two and you know what two generally will work okay because you can manage two trucks from sitting behind the seat of one Yep. And you can probably do the maintenance on both if you've got somebody decent in the other seat. Yeah, then when you go to thing. buy number three, though, and and uh, th- this is totally from experience, so you go get that third one, and all of a sudden, well, there's a lot more paperwork to do. Yeah, now you there's, need somebody. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot more maintenance to do because you got three old trucks. Yep. Yeah. That, you need a mechanic.
1: Yeah, you but you f- can't afford it. And then you need four more trucks to pay for the mechanic.
0: That's exactly it. Right? Like I had, I've got an uncle very successful in business, and. He told me you have one or you have 10, and I wrote an article about it. Yep. The reason you have one or you have 10, he said maybe even two, and I could agree with that. You can make it with two, but otherwise you need to get to that number so that you can afford the accountant, the, the mechanic, the, and you don't have to drive if you don't want to.
1: Yeah, and that's something that I've heard in the industry a lot too, is you make as much with one as you do with 10, right? But if you can get the right guy, if you have two, you can get the right guy, then you're in like Flynn, but you need to have some serious commitment. Like you're gonna spend every Sunday in that shop. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, right? And that comes true to, you know, it's the old saying,
0: if you're not in it, you're under it. But with a new truck, like, well, Here's how my logic works on that, because I watched both. So I had those used trucks, and then I think it was number four or five. My new one would have been five. So, when I got that one, I decided, no, that was four. I bought that Mac. I bought a brand new Mac. Okay. Yeah, and I was going to buy a brand new Pete. Uh, Full disclosure, I was buying a brand new Pete. I was going to go low bedding because I had a low bedding job and it was working out really well. So, I spec'd out a brand new long nose, uh, 36 inch flat top, 244 wheelbase, heavy front end, low bed truck. Yeah, it was a nice, nice spec truck, right? and cherry black almost the same color as my star Yep. yeah long nose and it was like it was beautiful or 48 flat sorry not 36 it was a 48 flat but it was it was specked out really nice like i had my uh, deposit on it, everything i was going to buy this brand new truck and then the rug got pulled out from under me because it wasn't my trailers i was pulling low bidding so the company went and bought another truck i brought in a bunch of extra business they went and bought another truck
1: yeah because now all your business all of a sudden they see dollar signs they got
0: enough they've got enough oh, work yeah. to to have another truck there and why would they want my truck right yeah and so yeah long story short i i got sold a bill of goods as to what it was about but that's really what it was about and so then i went uh into pete and i'm like well can you get me a tri-drive or just a day cab because i need to have a truck that i can haul logs with yeah a
1: logging truck now yeah
0: because this really i could do it but i've only got you know the cab axle really isn't there for Hollandwood and I mean knowing what I know now I probably could have made it work but there's always that risk as soon as you get into that wheelbase with a bunk on
1: it that you know your log is gonna be on your bed
0: yeah loader man sneezes (laughs) oh sorry
1: you got a new door yeah
0: absolutely yeah you can't have the fifth wheel far enough ahead to get your weight up front to you know especially on a Pete right yeah Yeah. Yeah. and so what's next door to Pete in Edmonton Next oh, door, the other the other way. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It shares a fence. Yeah, and then there's this big two story Max in there. That's what I used to call it because it was a Titan. They're big truck men. Like yep. it's taller than a C500 is.
1: I I was really torn when I was a company man uh, and sent to spec out my tri drive, the orange one that everybody knows. Uh, yeah, I started looking at Max first, and just the just because the Titan was just coming out and it really tickled my interest, but you couldn't get a big bunk on it either. No, and I just can't be a Mac guy. <laughs> you know, they teach their own, but I just can't. Yeah. Uh, something makes a guy ornery, you know, staring at a dead dog's ass all day.
0: Oh, uh, I heard <laughs> all of it. But yeah, <laughs> all right. And it's usually, usually I'd hear it and then I'd go by. Yeah. Because that truck, I mean, that, there's, quite honestly, there's nothing I had that pulled, pulled anywhere close to that. Oh, it was, 100%. It was a good, it ended up being a good buy. And it was a total accident buy. Like, I really, I went next door and thank, like i'm really thankful to the guys at stall i like i gotta say that they were great they gave me my deposit back lots of places wouldn't That's do that up. they said hey you spec you've got a truck here that we can sell no problem yep. don't worry about it too bad we don't have one that can help you out because they just didn't have one on the lot otherwise i would have bought one so i went next door uh rick helped me out gave me a great deal on the titan and i had the titan it was the first one in, or one of the first ones up in white court anyways hall and, and it was really it ended up being a really good truck so i mean this is a long way around to what I was saying. But yeah, that truck uh, payment was like 3200 bucks a month. My payments on my other trucks ranged from like 1000 to $2,000. yeah, And they were all pre-emissions. Never had an engine issue with any but one. One used to pop head gaskets until we figured out that the head was not true. So anyways, yeah. I would have all this maintenance on these other trucks. Every weekend, like you say, I'd be driving one truck. I'd get a phone call from the driver and the other one saying, hey, I got this issue. I'd say, okay, well, I'll meet you in town. You can take mine.
1: Yeah, now I'll take your
0: broken one and fix it. And go to the shop. Yeah, like and so then I'd be laying under there trying to figure it out. And I can wrench, but I'm not a mechanic. So anything I do takes twice as long as a shop does, even though I think I'm saving myself money. Oh, and yeah. I'm saving money, but what I finally got down to is what's my time worth? But yeah, you're time- only saving money because you're not paying yourself. Yeah. Right? And so what's your time worth? Your time's worth at least 50 bucks an hour, let's say. Yep. Minimum, right? Minimum. So, if my time's worth 50 bucks an hour, it takes me 10 hours to fix something and it'd take the shop two hours to fix, where am I further ahead? Oh, going to the shop, because it's your downtime. Yeah, but right? you, a person doesn't, it's hard to get into that thought when you've got the truck down. Yep. When I looked at the numbers at the end of that year, which trucks cost me the least amount to run? It was a MAC. That truck was, uh, had the biggest payment, but every month the maintenance was lower. The fuel was better on it, uh, and it was just, like I say, all around it cost me less money, and, that was without factoring in downtime. The only time that truck was down, the first winter, it wasn't down at all. The only time it was down after that was because drivers decided to lay it on its side. And we used to bug it. There was a dog that just always wanted to go to sleep.
1: Yeah, too tall.
0: Yeah, it was, like you say, that's no fault of, of the trucks or the, of the concept of having a new truck. No. And so that's where that's how I came to the, the realization that that was what I wanted to do this time. I, I had two Kenworths later on. I had a W9 that was brand new and I had a T8 that wasn't brand new. And those ones, maintenance costs were pretty close. Hmm. New, brand new, W nine, yeah. old T eight, pretty close to the same maintenance cost. Lower payment on the T eight, but the the maintenance cost like it, it would have been a dead heat for cost wise, but time wise, the W nine was less time. Yeah, put into it, right? So. Yeah,
1: and that's something that I've learned the hard way. Um, this downtime's expensive. <laughs> you know, like, well, my first week, you know, I pulled one load and, yeah. and then I was down for, I think it was eight days because I broke down on, well, you never break down on a Monday, right? No. No, it's like Thursday and then they start working on your truck on Monday. Yeah. Before you know it, it's the next Friday and it's not done, right? But these are the things the guys need to be aware of simply, yeah. right? Like,
0: Well, and, and it can happen, downtime can happen to you on a new truck. I know plenty of guys that have horror stories too. I love my star. I, I really lo- it like it. It's a good truck. But I just I just did a bunch of research of, you know, because I know people that have big fleets. And, okay, well, you've got, you know, six uh, Detroit power trucks and six Cummins power trucks and a bunch of Volvo power trucks. Which ones do you have the least amount of trouble with? Yeah. And, and then, but even then, you're still kind of taking a crapshoot. Yeah. That's the, that's what they had less trouble with, right? And their, But their Cummins that they bought were like five years ago Cummins. Yeah. So those Cummins were when they were garbage like
1: and those i'm not trying to say that those Cummins were weren't good but i had good luck with them yep i, I had one that i i drove i put 250,000 k on it and it never did a burn not once but that's because i dug right into it and i went and i talked to commons reps and i talked to guys at the dealer talked to the service manager how do i need to run this thing yeah because you know times are changing and how do you get all these old boy truck drivers to change to new trucks, right? Yeah. So I don't think it's fully that the Cummins were a problem. Or a bad truck. But I think that there was a lot of lack of education, right? Like what I was told about mine, I thought they were I thought they were wrong. I picked it up in, it went on its first load in May and they said put the winter front on. I was like, Keep it on. Yeah, he said if that engine fan runs all day and it sits at 210 all day, it's the best thing you could ever do for that truck. And from that day forward, I just kept it hot, went through its break-in period, and uh, it started pulling bigger loads with it. So pulled the winter front off in the summertime, obviously, but yeah. wintertime, that minus 40, parked it overnight, close the winter front right up, idle it up, 14, 1500 keep your water temp above 190, and the truck will be happy all day long.
0: And, you, and the and the DPF is happy there.
1: Yeah, because it doesn't, it's hot, it doesn't sit up, and you're putting so much, you know, 1400 RPM, there's some pressure in them canisters.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and you've got some heat there. to And that's the interesting thing you say. Like, you did your research, you talked to those guys. When I bought this one, same thing. They they actually have a, a guy that came out and did a whole thing with me. I've got a whole video on it. But he goes through everything about how to care for the DPF. And theirs is just the opposite. They want you to, that at the most, you idle it up to the nine hundred RP, 900 RPM and that's it. He's like, if you idle it higher the way the Detroit one works, it'll end up dumping raw fuel in there.
1: Slobbering on itself.
0: Yeah. And so, and and then uh, that's also how they end up washing out bearings and other things. Like it just doesn't. So there is a high, I've got a high idle. I can bump it up to 1500. And he said that only happens like if it's 35, 40 below and you need to idle the truck, hit the high idle. But then before you take off the next day, do a burn. Yeah. Just, and and he said, Mike, might only be a 20 minute burn that is all, all it'll take, but just do the burn and it'll be happy. But these are just preventative. He's like, if you want to just keep the one box lasting, this is what you do. And so, hey, there you know. But but you still get the guys like you say that the new truck, your power is from here to here. It's from 1100 to 1600, and you still get guys that are running at 19. Yep, I can't really comment on that. (laughs) Um, Well, it depends on the truck too.
1: Yeah, like all the comments I drove, and I I was told that. Too, when I was doing all the research, all the power bands low, power bands low. It might've been like, yeah, okay, it pulled down there, but try and shift. Like if you get into a spot where you need to grab a gear and you're at 1200, you're not getting it. No. And and if you do get it out of gear, you're backlash on that drivetrain. Yeah. right? You're in twist off, you're in twist off location. So as much as these guys, and it goes for owner operators and company drivers as well, because if you want to be good at what you do, you should be educated. Yeah. Um, you have to create your own style, but also listen to what the people that know are telling you.
0: Yep. Right? And I, you in know my opinion. what you say about that? Like, I had an 09 comes, those are the ones that everybody had issues with, right? Yeah. 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 I, you I think I told you, yeah. yeah, and, and that was truck, faithful. yeah, it never had an issue, but that truck was geared lower than what, but they say that you should be running it at a lower RPM. That truck had four three O's in it, so it was always sitting at 16 1,700 going down the highway. It always pulled heavy. Yeah. The DPF never had a problem because it always made heat. And even when I was specking trucks out at MAC, I, I would be told to spec them to run at 1,300 RPM. That works fine for 80,000 pounds. Yeah. If you're specking a truck to pull trains, well, if your power band's from twelve to 1,600 and I'm pulling trains, I'm going to spec it to run down the highway at fifteen yeah or 1550 it's not at the top of the end but it's not sitting down close to the bottom because then it's got what I would call a drop yeah so you've got all that to go down to 12 before you need to shift or if you're in a tough spot like like if you're going on the highway you can make that shift at 12 but if you're yeah if you're if you're pulling hard in the bush you're not pulling it down to 1200 and you're probably running it on the higher end above yeah, and
1: you know, like learning stuff that I've learned now about running that C fifteen that I've got in my truck, C fifteen A cert. Uh, the first truck I heavy hauled with was a C fifteen A cert, and I didn't know anything back then, right? I was just eighteen years old, going in a push truck, and uh, I was told, "Don't look at the tack, run it up till you hear the turbo start spooling down and shift." And the guy that was training me had put a piece of paper over the tack. He's like, "When it, just trust me." So I did that, and then he took the piece of paper off, and I was shifting it. 21 22 right and like that truck never went below 1600 and the best truck i've ever drove the best jakes on a cat but yet you know i snapped that rocker arm last week like i was saying that mechanic said don't run it you don't want to be on the jakes over 1800 because that's what these trucks these trucks don't like that yes uh, and i'm sitting there thinking like i've sat on the jakes coming down to taylor hill i sat on the jakes for like 15 minutes at 21 Cracking I, away.
0: I I want to butt in here because okay, the first twin turbo, like the first twin turbos, we had some when I worked for from dad and my uncle. Yeah. And so we got when I got that truck, I called the guys a cat because I'm like this twin turbo is a whole whole new animal versus the six N Z and even the bridge motor, totally different, totally right? Totally different. Yeah. So I said like, what's the deal? I've read that you can jake these a lot higher. He said, yeah, they're safe to twenty three, twenty four hundred. He's like, I've seen them Jake higher, but he said, I wouldn't hold it there very long. So he's like, yeah, all day long, 22, 2300. I'm like, really? He said, Yeah. He said, they have lots of holding power 21 and above. He said, down below that, he said, they'll hold, but if you're if you're jaking at a low RPM all the time, it's not good for. It. No. I said, oh, okay, that's interesting. Well, where do I run it to break in for power? So run it all over the place. He said, pull it up to 21, pull the guts out of it down to 900. So that truck, when I broke it in, there was days where I'd get to the bottom of the Obed the Super V and I'd downshift way early and get it right up on the governor and sit it there at their 21 to pull it. Yep. And then there'd be another days where I'd be pulling, I was hauling a lot of chips, right, just over to him. And so the hill on the Nojak Road, yep. where you've got that dead pull, turn and pull that, it's a hard pull set of trains. And so there'd be some days I'd go up there and I'd keep it on the high side and it would be at 900, like 900 RPM, and I'm going. Okay, well, it's on warranty. Yeah, they're right. on boys. They yep.
1: and yeah, another and
0: another time it'd be fifteen, another time be twenty one hundred. That that track was only a four seventy five. There wasn't a five fifty around that would stay with it. Wow. It would, but it was broken right. And I'd come down the hill into into Hinton with a load of chips on, taking a twenty two hundred.
1: That's uh, funny that you mentioned that hill
0: uh, on this story because I.
1: Uh, with my tri-drive there with the Cummins in it the yeah, same thing the spec low was like a 550 and but it had the big torque it was a 2250 torque Yeah. and uh, I was all at 777 and there was a guy in front of me with an old C15 twin turbo that had a 777 same hill stop stupid stupid stop sign <laughs> turn left start going up and uh, I let him go like I stopped and okay I think he's good and then I start catching him you know but all these guys you know my cat my cat my cat right so i think it all comes down to like you said break like how how you run it if you run it like a baby when it's getting broken it's going to be a baby all its life but beat the hell of it hell out of
0: it make it tough yeah and then it'll run like i say that truck would pull like if if you were in a spot where you're like i can't shift i'll spin out if i shift i can leave it yeah i knew that it wasn't going to start coughing um that Cummins I had, uh, the T8, that was really good. It wasn't, I didn't break it in. And that thing, 1300, it would start coughing through the breathers. <laughs> shift, shift, shift. Yeah. And, and by then, it, you are in a tough spot. Like you, you Yeah, you're, you're at the point
1: where you hold it on the floor, punch a clutch in, and just try and grab one. <laughs> yeah. <right? laughs> try and grab one on the high end. Yeah. And uh, there, there's something to be said for, for guys that can do that. And I think that's a problem in in the industry is these guys aren't challenging themselves and teaching themselves how to drive when they get into trucks. You know, they can get it down the highway and, and all that, but they need to experiment. And, you know, because when you're in that spot that, all right, we're bogging down and I'm in fifth direct, and I, you know, we've all done it. Punch the clutch and grab third. yeah, Slide it in there on the, when, when your splitter's in neutral and eventually if you hold it on the governor, it'll grab. Oh, yeah. Right, it ain't good for it, but you're not spun
0: out and you're not drum. there's you're not getting that jolt right and you're not twisting off yeah well i i like i thought i was i was young too and i thought it was kind of god's gift to an 18 speed and i when i first went to go haul logs i didn't know that you can grab two three at a time if you had to oh yeah big gears yeah 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 and so i was you know you hit the hill and all of a sudden it's like i would grab one well no that's not enough grab the next one that's not enough next thing you know like i've I'm right down in the basement, and luckily I've caught one that, that works. That works, yeah. Yeah, That's just beginner's luck at that point. Yeah, and so I just kind of thought about it myself. Like, well, I didn't have to go there first. I'm slowing down really fast. Yeah. I'll just try to go direct, And then, yeah, you figure it out, and then you go, there's not really a rule. Just because that little Eaton deckle tells me that I have to downshift this way does not mean I have to downshift that way. It's not my dad beside me slapping me on the knuckles. Exactly, yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and when it comes down to it, like these things are built, right? Like they can take a lot more than a guy <laughs> thinks, but
0: no cuz you
1: you sit at a traffic light for long enough, you see the way some of these guys lift off and you're <laughs> like, well, I mean, if it can take that all day every day, then yeah. it should be able to take some stuff in the bush. No no doubt about it. But sometimes, you know, I I I've, I've pulled a lot of big weights and sometimes you don't have an option. You if that's the gear you think it should go in, you just got to you know close your eyes and yank it in there and another like we've all grabbed a half gear
0: you know like when when you should have grabbed a full one
1: <laughs> no I mean more like when it, it goes in but it doesn't fully pop in right and you're at the point where you need to let off and and let it slide the whole way in uh, what I learned the hard way was uh, you're better off put you know a foot on the dash and hold that thing in there then let it pop out just don't let it do what it wants to do sometimes yeah but uh, yeah no, it's, it's all stuff that guys need to learn, and, and pay attention to. Like if you want to be a good handy, especially in a company, aspect and, and make a name for yourself, you need to pay attention to your equipment and take care of it. And just showing pride in your equipment, even if it's you know a company unit, that got me way farther in my career than lots of guys that I started with side by side. Right? Yeah. They're still swamping pulling winch line, and I was running the bed. So yeah, you know that kind of situation.
0: There's no one way to do this. There's, what we really want to try to do is get more ways for people to get into this so they can learn that. Yeah, have an
1: open dialogue for guys to look into.
0: Yeah, and so, you know, so people can ask the question. I mean, there's so many companies now that have nothing but automatics, and that might be your only way into the industry. But when you go get your license, make sure you get it on a manual transmission now. Because I had had no idea about that until a couple months ago. If you get your license on an automatic, you can't ever drive a manual. Oh, really? Yeah. And there's a little... So, there's like... It's basically like an asterisk in like the stats for baseball or something. Like, you know. Yeah. He he may have had steroids. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing. So, you can only have an automatic then. So... Yeah, if you're a young guy or, or even an old guy who's going to go get their license, go get it on a manual because you're so much better off, even if you end up driving an automatic, knowing how to do what you've got to do with a manual transmission yep. makes you a better op- operator of a, of an auto. Yep. Like
1: Yeah, knowing what it, it's going to do or even knowing what it should do because I've ran a couple automatics and you think that it should do this and it does that <laughs> and you realize very quickly, you know, this is not programmed properly. Exactly. That's, I was just going to say that you know, with automatics, it's all in computer. And that comes back to why I went with an old truck, because um, the industry that I went into being grain hauling, I'm small towns all the time, right? So if I'm, you know, middle of nowhere Saskatchewan, <laughs> it's a lot easier to find a guy to work on a cat than a Cummins, because a Cummins you need a computer. But a cat, like even say you do injectors and you yeah. don't put the trim coats in right away, you can still get down the road, right? Yeah. So that was that was another reason why I went the way I went, and uh, as much as it's been a hard goal, I still wouldn't change it for anything. Yeah. You no, know, I'm, I'm happier now than I have been in years trucking,
0: and I love <laughs> trucking. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's one thing. Both, it, we both love the industry. Yeah. There's yep. something about miles rolling by and and just being able to think, right? There's something therapeutic about it.
1: Yep, I'd say trucking is definitely my therapy, but I also think that trucking is the reason I need therapy. <laughs> so I mean, take that for what you will, right? It's a double edged sword. <laughs> yeah, I and as much as I say I love trucking, it's still a, a dumb industry, like, <laughs> you know. But I say that with a smile on my face. Yeah. Cause that's.
0: There's so many different approaches to how to do it properly. There's so many uh, and there's so many ways that can work.
1: Yeah, I don't think there's a, a right and a wrong way, really, but as long as you're going down the road and you're making money and you're being safe about it, yeah. then that's what matters because you hear a lot of these guys that are owner-operators that, that get like me and now they're behind, behind the credit card bill and all of a sudden the logbook goes out the window, right? Yeah. And I'm not saying I'm by any means a, an angel. You know? <laughs> we all have sharp <laughs> crayons, but there is a, knowing yourself and knowing your point right? Because if you fall asleep and put that thing in the weeds and put it on its side, you're out a lot more than just your credit card bill.
0: Or, heaven or forbid, you run the other way. And like, there's other people on the road. I don't want what I would have done, you know, even at your age, there was times where I know I ran way harder than I ever should have. Oh yeah, and, 100%. And now when I think back on that, I'm like, that is really, really foolish. Yep. I mean, I've got kids that are on the road. I mean, your own safety, your own sanity, everything else.
1: Yep. And that's the thing that I struggle with day to day. I've always been a guy that runs hard, like way harder than he should. And before my 25th birthday, the doctor told me to slow down. So you know, <laughs> there's your sign, right? So I got I keep that. I got stick a sticky note on my dash that tells me that because you know, it's hard. Guy's bouncing down the road, all he's gotta think about is how many bills he's got. There, there's definitely a, uh, it's a big double-edged sword like you said.
0: That's where, like, it took me a while to get it. I started trying to really emphasize what I'm doing, right? Because yep. I used to really focus on like, holy shit, well, I've got this bill, this bill, and this bill, and I can't pay it. Or, you know, I can't do this. Rather than, well, I could. You know what I could do is I can pay this one. And I can make three phone calls to these other ones and say, hey, I'm sorry, I'll get you, but this is what we've got to do. Rather than focusing on how shitty these two phone calls or three phone calls are going to be, focus on the fact that, hey, I got rid of that one this month.
1: Yep. And that's, you know, it's, it's great to hear that because that's exactly where I am right now is you almost feel like you're defeated before you're even out of the gate, right? Yeah. It's like I said, I, 15 grand plus downtime. Like I'm talking 15 grand was just my bills. Yeah. My mechanic bills. And I haven't got a paycheck yet. Yeah. You know, when I broke that exhaust rocker I uh, coming down that carbon coulee, I had to do some serious searching because there I am underneath my truck that's broke down on the phone with the finance company making my first payment on my credit card. Yeah because all the money that was supposed to go to my first payment went into the truck already, right? So that's, it's a hard pill to swallow and you can't, especially, I'll admit, probably one of my biggest faults is my pride and I feel like I'm, you know, not doing what I should. But I, again, with this podcast, an open dialogue, you know, and I, I talk to my buddies and say, we're not alone in this, you know? Yeah. There's Everybody that owns a truck is struggling. Yeah. But it's, you struggle for whatever reason that you want to make yourself feel better about i guess but like yeah. for me i just couldn't work by didn't not that i couldn't but just had enough work for other people
0: yeah you see you have the right attitude and it'll come around we were talking about like companies being clear and honest about what they pay so you know revenues there you know it's coming and you know so you can focus on that like same thing full disclosure i did a bunch of shit wrong and that's why the podcast for me is like hey i did this stuff wrong I'm trying to help other people not have to go there. Exactly. And so, yeah. like I, and, and one thing I didn't do right, I didn't pay the government sometimes. And that is a really big mistake.
1: Those are the ones you want to pay every time.
0: <laughs> yeah. The government
1: and your mechanic and your fuel
0: bill. And in that order, right? <laughs> Same thing there, talk to them. Yep. People are much more willing to give you a little bit of rain if you need it, if you're willing to talk to them. Not calling people back, not finishing that, you know, not having that dialogue, it, you're done before you start. Yep. Well, it's like with the
1: guy that I took my truck to in Daysland, uh, Iron Creek. I would highly recommend uh, Clint at Iron Creek there in Daysland. Because I called him, and I was straight up with him. I told him my budget. I told him what I needed to get done. And I walked out of there, like, I think he was 95 cents under budget. He did more than I asked. He saw a few little things that, you know, he just did them. Yep. And it wasn't on my bill. And it helps when you're just straight up with him and you tell him, But you're not trying to tell them a sob story either, right? Yeah. It's just, hey, man, this is where I'm at. You know, this is what I've got. We're both trying to run a business here. This is what I've got to spend for my business. And if your business can make that work, then that's that. Because, you know, guys get feelings too much in this, I think.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can go down a whole road there, written articles on that too. Like, nobody can make you feel anyway. Yeah. In business, there's, there's no real room for feelings.
1: No. It's like, uh, prime example is I bought my truck off a good buddy of mine, right? And okay, I've had some breakdowns. It's nothing against him. No. And business is business, right? He does the best that he can. When I break down, I call him because he's my sounding board, right? it, It has nothing to do with the fact that I bought the truck off of him and I'm mad that it broke down. Um, and going right on that story into another story, uh, the buddy of mine had, another buddy of mine had two trucks, had a guy hired on driving the other one and, uh, They were both friends, and he said uh, that he'd sell the truck to his driver, so the driver bought it, but it was, again, you know, we're friends, they went to, like, grade school together. Oh, yeah. And uh, the trucks are trucks. Well, uh, not even a month in, he's doing an out-of-frame rebuild on his cat. Yikes. You know, and they were running together when it piled up. So, you know, it, it sucks for the guy that sold the truck, and it sucks for the guy that bought the truck, but there's no reason for there to be bad blood there. No. Shit breaks.
0: Yeah. I like the I like the nuts and bolts and driving the truck and that. And I also like putting the numbers together. Like if I have if I run these tires, uh what is that gonna do to the mileage and what am I gonna do for wear and tear? And yep. so these tires, like the Chinese tires are three hundred bucks a pop on the drives, but the Michelins are six eighty. See, and now this is perfect. What do you run? Michelins.
1: Yep. yep. Now recaps are virgins.
0: They're virgins now
1: will they be recaps
0: i don't know if i'll cap them i'm not sure yet i've got to go look back at the numbers on them as well
1: so my thoughts on that i run virgin um and even when i was a company guy more so when i was a company guy because it wasn't my money right yeah i had to throw, <laughs> throw my little fit about virgin tires but again coming back to the downtime right and then there's the residual damage okay you blow a cap off and now it takes out a brake pot some airlines and for a guy like me i got tub fenders so it's going to yeah. trash my fender yeah so now where are you you know you saved 400 dollars on the tire but you're 1500 dollars to get that fixed on the side of the road easy plus your new tire
0: yeah well and all and i mean i'll say that i did try the chinese tires yep. i tried them when i had the log trucks because i was i was low on money and i thought i didn't do the math like there's a lot of times there where i went way off script for me it's our it's just stay on plan there's many different ways to analyze my personality but i'm most like the dog that sees a squirrel i've got to be trying to you know i stay yeah. on this straight and narrow right so here's the plan stick to it dummy and that's kind of the yeah. what guys gotta do so if those tires are just not the same quality that like a michelin a bridgestone whatever name brand tire is. And, and my like i say my choice is michelin i've just always had good luck with them we ran some tests on them when i was with uh, my dad and my uncle like and we used to run exhaustive tests like we'd run them on a trailer and then switch them to a different trailer just in case the bearings were different a little bit different and then we'd switch drivers and switch trucks and do a bunch of things and figure out which ones had the best wear and which ones had the best mileage okay now we know and then you'd outfit all the trailers with the tire that worked the best
1: yep yep 100 percent. i worked at uh, a very big name heavy haul outfit yep and uh it was it was a really cool experience but anyway try and make a really long story short here uh We're a bunch of young guys that were given way too much authority, and uh, we sat down and we had a group discussion, and we were all fresh out of the field, like we were all still very much in tune with field versus office, and uh, switched all the heavy haul trailers over to Michelin's. And we're talking like 12 line gold hoppers, (laughs) right, over to Michelin's, those little tires are expensive. Yeah. And Um, there's a lot of them. (laughs) There is a lot of them, yes, like we're talking trailers with 80, 90, 100 wheels. Um, But there, we were doing long haul down to the states. You're running them in the heat. You're running them a stupid amount of load on them, and it made a big difference. You know, it went from with those Chinese ones. I was calling a tire guy every other night, at best. Yep. Right, and I went all the way to Colorado and back with those michelins and i didn't have to call a tire guy once
0: Yeah, with 80 tires yeah well,
1: i was more than yeah. that i don't even want to count that it was on yeah. a 19 axle yeah and there are a lot of tires there <laughs> um you know and, it, and that equates to downtime and and it's really uh enhanced in the heavy haul industry because you're only allowed to run certain hours a day yeah. and now you've got cranes waiting on you you know
0: you've got pilots with you you've got sometimes you've got police escort you've oh got, yeah like, power
1: companies you know like we we're going when you go through Montana on a 32J permit, which is the big boy permit. I use the air quotations there too, but uh, it's you have to contact every county. So you have to notify the sheriff and the ambulance because you're on their you're 24 feet wide on their 20 foot road, right? Yeah. And every RM and every little electric company, you know, so. I would sit there at the end of the day and make 40, 50 phone calls lined up down to within the hour, right? And then you you get trucking down the road and all of a sudden, bang! There goes a the tire. Well, no.
0: they to make 40, 50 phone calls again to right? make.
1: And you've got to figure out, okay, well, we're not going to make our distance, so where are we going to park this thing now for the night? Yeah, right? it it really showed me that it matters on the little things, right? Oh, you know, totally. Sure, with a, you know me pulling grain now, if I blow a tire off, well. Sorry, you know, Farmer Joe, I'm going to be there in the morning instead of tonight. But that quickly turns into, well, now I've lost the load for the week. Yeah. Right? And that's the load you'll never get back.
0: Yep. No, totally true. Yeah. The other thing I, I ran with so many guys that did, you know, like logging and mats and whatever else. But I mean, even in mats, you were, a lot of the time you're running down the highway, right? Yeah. Everybody always was a big fan of big lug drive.
1: Like those X-Works Michelins.
0: Yeah, and, and I ran I ran them, and I was actually I was really surprised how long they lasted when I ran to Texas. Like I couldn't believe that because I had them on the truck from new. Yep, and I ran them down there. I got hundred and eighty k out of them, and they ran in the winter up here hauling sand and mats. And then when I started doing heavy haul for Triton, yeah. well, not even heavy haul, most times I was doing light haul, but whatever, fall off loads. But it didn't matter, like going to, you know, what the heat's like, like you were saying.
1: Yeah, or heat is major. Yeah,
0: so those tires should have been done. Yeah. And like, I got another 50K, so I got up to like 180, which for a set of heavy drive tires was amazing. But I, now I'm running, I'm running XTN2s. And honestly, I was a little skeptical, running over the coke and and through the mountains in the winter, what are they gonna be like? I don't think I need anything more for traction than what those have.
1: Yeah, I've got, uh, actually before we go down that road, so those, (laughs) those high lug ones that you were talking about, how were you on inflation? Like were you really, you know, check your tire pressures all the time? Anal. Yeah, exactly, and that, it doesn't matter the tire. If you do that, which so many guys don't, (laughs) <laughs> right, it's gonna be crazy. I, I've seen guys, uh, not personally, but I've heard that uh, guys can get 200, two and a quarter out of xts two Michelin's,
0: running yeah.
1: run the highway.
0: Oh yeah. So I've got my, I've got a brother who runs the that family business now, and he looks after all the maintenance and that. And that's who I discussed my tire choices with because he's running so many trucks. Yep. It's the same operation I used to be in, and so it's like you've got a lot of data of can i use this data yeah let what me you, it up
1: because, yeah exactly
0: yeah. so you ask right and and he and that's the kind of mileage he's running out of xds2s which are not known to be the high mileage no. but watch the inflation on them yep. and and they'll do you well these xdn2s i've talked to guys that are, are up in the threes oh and traction wise i can't complain and i almost switched them to S- xds2s right off the hop cuz that's what was on the truck you know cuz i love those tires cuz in the winter I'm a there's sucker for them. in the yeah. winter there's nothing better there really isn't
1: even in the mud and yeah. and like i have ran them on on lots of heavy haul putting tire chains on and off all the time and they're they're nice that way as long as you are not a dummy and you put your tire chains on right they don't rub them off the walls or anything like that like they, i think they're a good tire
0: mhm but you get people who, like, say, are, are, you know, they like 7.75s or, or you know, the the big, uh, what's the big good here the G... The G5,
1: two... something like that,
0: maybe? Whatever yeah. it is. it's I mean, it's it great in the mud. And yeah. Yeah, but really, on the snow, you can't beat the XDS2.
1: No, and I had uh, one of the platform trucks I had at that big name company was, uh, it had those Michelin X-Works on it, because the guy before me, that's what he wanted, because they claim they're easier to chain up and all this which i think is a lie but uh
0: they're tire, they're round they all put the chains on the same way. right <laughs> yeah.
1: that's what i thought but no uh apparently the lugs were shouldered better to hold tire chains and yeah anyway i ran down the road with those for two months in the winter time and i said no uh, i had enough of this take them off give them to one of your rig movement trucks where they can be used right yeah i was putting pulling 10 axles down in north dakota and colorado and you know, platforms around and stuff. I don't need those. And uh, they put them on another prime mover truck, and we ran to North Dakota together quite a few times. And uh, with those platform trailers, they're hydraulic steer. And you know how you get those ha- tall lugs in the ruts? They start wiggling around. Mm-hmm. Well, then he's realized, you know, I was behind him one day. I'm like, man, you're like, you're not holding it straight up there. you got to figure it out. And this guy's been in the industry way longer than I've been alive, right? I had no business telling him that. But he's like, oh, well, I'll, I'll, we'll switch spots in the convoy tonight, and I'll look at you. And he, he, we did that, and then he comes out at the end of the day, and he's like, I'm, I think it's my tires. I was like, all right, well, the next night we switched trucks. And, yeah, it was the tires riding in the ruts, moving that, squirming. Moving that pole just a little bit. You know, an inch up front equates to six in the back. Yeah. So uh, they ended up switching them off off of there but it's all these little things now that uh, residual wear right okay so your trucks wiggling like that well now all your bushings and your track bars and everything on your diffs side to side and these aren't things for company guys to think about but it's as an owner operator when you're especially you know pennies count right everybody says oh you overthink everything but I I don't think I do.
0: So there's a MD alignment it's a place out of the states. Mike Beckett's the guy's name who I'll say his name on here all day long he's with a friend of mine on LinkedIn and everything and I've met him uh, and fantastic knows more about truck alignment and tire wear than you'll ever know right yeah. like just fan, like he can rub his hand over your front tire and tell you why your truck is not lying. wizardry yeah totally yeah and the favorite thing I he did a little conference and uh then my favorite thing he said he showed the the factory alignment specs and he had them in front of him and he said do you know what the problem with these factory alignment specs are he handed out a a copy of them to everybody and everybody's kind of pontificating as to what the problem is with these he said before any of you guys put your hands up you know what the problem is the truck can't fucking read them he's like you know what you need to to align the truck you need a tape measure and a string that's all you need to align a truck properly he said and then the right shims but he said to get the the right measurements and everything that's all you need so he was big on inflation uh if you're running legal loads on on your drive tires lots of guys think well you need to have them up at 110 you should actually have them about 85 pounds because your pressure per tire like 110 pounds is at full weight yeah full weight on a set of drives a set of duals you don't at seventeen thousand kgs. You don't have full weight per tire.
1: No, uh, it's funny because when I was heavy hauling, we were always told to we run a one twenty five, especially on the tri drives. But you're twenty seven thousand kg on your drives all the time. Yeah, right.
0: Because you're heavy,
1: heavy all the time and counterweights, right? Yeah. Well, it's not like these guys that are going to leave the trailer, you know, unhook here and bounce over and no, you're. That weight is that weight. You put it on.
0: Well, she's on your truck. <laughs> yeah, and and so there's so many different like little wear things too, right? Like so, tires were different than that than they do running down the highway, mm-hmm. you know. And so running down the highway, if you're running light all the time, like some of these guys running around pulling vans, they never have 17 on their drives. There's no way they should have 110 in there, no. but they do because they say they get told that for fuel economy, that's what you need to have is have your your tires at 110. So how does tire wear measure against fuel? Are you saving enough fuel to mask that tire wear? But there's there's like one immutable truth about like wear when you're talking about like the the shims and all that, or the bushings and all these different things that go down the line. The the one I I thought was really really interesting that Mike Beckett was talking about was that your wear on your drive line, U uh, joints, everything like that when you start going fast. Yep. So. Every mile per hour you travel over 65 miles per hour, sorry, every two miles per hour you travel over 65 miles per hour adds 20% to the wear on your drive line. 20%. Whew wow. That's, yeah, that's, that's stag- staggering, isn't it? it and is. so you go, yeah, that's really interesting. So then you start like, okay, well, if that's, if that's on the drive line, then that wears on your bearings, that wears yep. on, like, so your pumpkins, everything else. and. You know, like I've never been a guy who's like, well, yeah, you need to drive, you know, 55 and that's it. And so I, I've, I've loaded up a lot. Like, I mean, most of the time I travel 100. Now. Even yeah. if it's 110, I travel 100. I'm okay with it. Yeah. I'm okay with people passing me. There's the odd time. Hey, I got to get somewhere. I'm my my Yeah, my truck has no governor. I can go yep. where I want to go. It's because it's your it, truck. Yeah, and it's got three sevens and, yeah, you know, it, it'll move. But yeah, once knowing those, like where things like holy shit well if that's and then i also know that uh basically you're Mm -hmm. losing a half mile per gallon for every five miles an hour faster you travel it's crazy you've been listening to the semi-crazy podcast if you enjoyed it please subscribe you can find me on instagram Luke Dirk Phillips and you can find me on instagram semi-crazy inc and on facebook semi-crazy truck pictures thanks for listening